2 Corinthians chapter 6, we're going to begin with verse 14. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, says the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. I love that last part, saith the Lord Almighty. We meet his conditions. And let's see what he can do. The message today is out of verse 17 with the subject, Be ye separate. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we are here before you, Lord, and I thank you so much, Lord. I thank you for sending so many faithful sheep into this place. I consider it a gift, a gift from on high, a gift given to me, Lord, so that I can tend, tending to the flock of God, which is the greatest privilege that I could ever receive outside of my relationship with you. And I thank you, Father, for giving me faithful sheep. I thank you, Lord, for touching them and anointing them and, and using them and helping them to stand on the truth, Lord, against all opposition. Show us, Lord, how to stand today. And when this is all said and done, Lord, let us have a greater faith than we had when we walked in these doors. And Father, let us be a greater witness of Jesus Christ when we walk outside. Father, I'm asking this, in the name of Jesus, with your anointing upon it, and for your glory, let it be done. In Jesus' name, amen. In this message here, I, I want to bring out a few salient points before I actually dig deep into the subject itself. It tells us not to be unequally yoked with unbelievers. It tells us why. Because how can righteousness and unrighteousness mix? How can light and darkness mix? How can Christ and Satan mix? How can a believer actually have a relationship with an unbeliever? And then it, it says that we are the temple of God. And as the temple of God, we should walk a certain way. God is to walk in us. He'll be our God if we allow him to walk in us. But in order for him to do that, the condition is verse 17, that we have to come out from among them and be separate from them. 
And then it says, don't touch the unclean thing. And then he will receive us as a father. And we will be his children. Okay? Just a quick summary of what we just read. What I want you to understand today is that the Lord is calling us to a higher plane. He's wanting us to grow. He's wanting us to become what the church is supposed to be. Okay? He wants us to become what the church is supposed to be. The church is supposed to be followers of Jesus Christ. But this particular passage of Scripture shows us one of the great hindrances of following Christ. And it is spending our time with unbelievers, unequally being yoked with unbelievers, because we are no longer witnesses to believers if we're walking as unbelievers with unbelievers. So let me explain it to you this way. The Lord is trying to teach us something strong here. We are in a world that has two separate kingdoms. The kingdom of the world and the kingdom of God. Okay? The kingdom of the world has nothing to do with God. And the kingdom of God should have nothing to do with the world. Now, there is a mixture of people who go to the church who play that card right down the middle, sitting right on the fence. They'll go to church, but they won't separate from the world. And there are others who won't separate from the world, but they pretend like they're in the kingdom of God. So you have pretenders, and then you have foolish believers who play with fire. To play with the world is to play with fire. The world has nothing for you. And to the degree that we play with the world, to that degree we fail God and fall short of all the promises God wishes to give us. I mean, you see it all the time. People can only take so much of church. When church should be your life, you should want to be around believers all the time. But then again, I said, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. And how are we going to lead anyone to Jesus, being the witnesses we should be, if we separate from people who are in the world? How do you draw them out of the kingdom of the world and into the kingdom of God if you're totally separated and you're severed from them completely? Well, the answer is real simple. You can't. You can't. But when you have to be somewhere with somebody who is not of God, who has rejected the gospel or hasn't heard to accept the gospel, when you have to be with people, and sometimes that's friends or family, co-workers or whatever it is, when you have to be around them, and there are times you have to, 
And there are times you want to. And the reason you want to should be this reason only. That you become a witness of Jesus Christ. But let me show you how a faithful believer becomes unfaithful to God in these situations where we are in a world with unbelievers around us. We have to commingle with them for certain things, whether it's a family event or, or, or your job. You have to somehow, some way, be there so they can see Jesus. But this is where we fail as believers. We act differently when we're around them than we do when we're not. That's what this means, to come out from, uh, from them and be separate. What's it mean? If I have to be with unbelievers, or even there should be a desire to be with unbelievers to be witnesses of Jesus Christ, in those cases, I cannot compromise my faith. When you sit down at a table with believers, mixed with unbelievers, pray like they were all believers. Pray like everyone sitting at the table is a believer. But you know what we do? We let off prayer when there are people there who don't believe in Jesus. We change our actions, becoming more like they are, than manifesting Jesus Christ to them, witnessing how they can be. In other words, we live for Jesus when we're around believers only. They already believe. How can you be a witness? Oh, you can be a witness of believers or two believers, we are called to be witnessing to one another. The problem is we change what we are when we're with unbelievers. We blend in with them. And that never draws them to him. Their only source of hope. We've got to stop blending and we got to start leading, leading people to God with our example. If they won't hear the words, at least with your example. You gather together with a few people. You got a couple of believers, a couple of unbelievers there. You pray over that meal, no matter who's there. You talk about Jesus, no matter who's there. You discuss the latest sermon, the latest teaching in church, no matter who's there. We don't do much of that. And the reason is, we just don't want the conflict. We don't want the drama. We don't want to be attacked or persecuted for our faith. So, we don't exhibit it. You're becoming more like the world you're living more in the kingdom of the world than like Jesus and living in the kingdom of God. 
You don't change your actions because you're around people that don't believe in Jesus. It's like this. Say you're going on a fishing trip with a bunch of your buddies. You don't really have much time to spend with them, but you know what? They got a few people together, and maybe this is a good time to witness. My only focus in going into a situation like that should be that I'm going to be a witness of Jesus. I don't have to walk up to them and say, are you saved? I don't have to walk up to them and quote a scripture. I don't have to walk up to them and, and ask them to pray the sinner's prayer. I don't have to do any of that. But what I shouldn't do is change who I am. If I'm going on a fishing trip, we'll start with prayer. Prayer that the boat stays afloat. Prayer that the worm reaches the fish and the fish reaches the boat in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, we don't do that because you'll be criticized. Your buddies might not want to be your buddies anymore. Listen, if you have a friend that is an unbeliever, and they can't tolerate being around you because you're being the Christian that you are. I hope that when you go on a fishing trip or you go to work or and all those other things, you're praying about it first, asking God's blessing on, uh, upon it before the endeavor begins. I hope you're doing that. Now, if you're not even doing that, that's a different lesson plan. But this lesson plan is you're supposed to be praying over everything that you do before you do it, while you do it, and then at the end when God manifests himself because he answers prayers, you can thank him for it and worship in front of him too. If you got a song in your heart and the Holy Spirit is putting a, a, a beat in your foot, go ahead and sing that song. I surrender all. Oh my goodness. The looks you're going to get. I surrender all, all to thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender all. Let it out. Don't hold it back. Because somebody is there who won't like it. You don't even know if they won't like it. I want you to start being what you should be, and I want you to start being what you should be in front of everybody else, no matter saved or lost. You will actually encourage, greatly encourage people in the church to be a witness of Jesus Christ in a greater way. You will encourage them by always being the Christian you're supposed to be, no matter where you are, no matter who is there. That's what the Lord's trying to get us to be. I think the church of God fails miserably by going out and being in circumstances where you have to be with unbelievers 
and they stay quiet, even though they got a song in their heart. Mum's the word, even though there's a fire in your bone to quote a scripture, to say a prayer, or do something that you would do if nobody was there. What I'm telling you and what the Lord is is trying to say is it's time that Christianity comes out of the closet. Sinners have come out of the closet trying to make sin popular. And by doing so, it shoved the Christian into the closet. They'd rather shut their mouth than be persecuted. It's time Christians come out of the closet in these last days. And it's time they begin to proclaim Jesus Christ, not just in the words, but in their actions. I'm going to pray every time in the same situation, no matter who is there. This is doubly dangerous. When ain't one other Christian on the boat... Hey, before we go, gentlemen, captain, before we take off, before we even untie from the pier, let's bow our heads in prayer. What I'm telling you is not a hypothetical situation. Preachers of the past going transatlantic on ships because there were no airplanes. We'll pray at the beginning call prayer meetings every day they're on the water. And everyone can join. If they don't want to join, don't join. But that's not going to stop you from doing what you're supposed to be doing. Call on the name of the Lord in every situation with or without friends, family, who are unsaved with you. That's what we're called to do. Listen, I was reading something this morning and I think it goes along with this just fine it's from a book written by A.W. Tozer he says this I tell you I have talked to God more than I've talked to anyone else I have reasoned more with God and had longer conferences with God than with anybody else. And what did I tell him? Among other things, I told him, Now, Lord, if I do the things I know I should do, and if I say the things I know that are in my heart, I will be in trouble with people and with groups. There is no other way. Not only will I be in trouble for taking my stand in faith and honesty, but I will certainly be in a situation where I will be seriously tempted of the devil. Then, after praying more and talking to the Lord, I have said, Almighty Lord, I accept this with my open eyes. I know the facts and I know what may happen, but I accept it. I will not run. I will not hide. I will not crawl under a rug. I will dare to stand up and fight because I'm on your side. I know that when I am weak, then I am strong. We've been talking about for weeks now. Almost every single sermon. 
almost every meeting during the week, we've been talking about how to have the power of God. Begin with this tonight. When you leave this place, remember, you are not to be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Speak it when the Holy Spirit speaks it, irregardless where you are, who's around you. If it's time to pray, you pray. They don't want to hear it. That's their issue. Your issue is God's going to hear you pray. It don't have to be just in your heart. It can be out loud. Gather those friends together because those friends may become brothers and sisters. If you just be the Christian you are when they're around. It's okay. Friends are around. You can say, hey, let's, but before we do this next thing, can, can, can I just read? I just want to read one chapter. Just one chapter to you. And you close your eyes, open that Bible, point. That's the one we're going to read. You don't mind, do you? Yeah, I mind. Well, in that case, thus saith the Lord. Why are you doing that? Because I'm a Christian. Why are you praying? In the middle, I mean, we're, we're like, we got a problem here. That's when I pray. Have you ever thought about that? You're out with somebody, he's not a believer, she's not a believer. And a, a problem arises. What are you supposed to do when you're faced with difficult situations but pray? Right? Do it. You want to see somebody get saved, just pray, watch God do his job, and watch that person go, is that the way it works? That's all you do is you ask God to do something and he does it? Yeah, well, the Bible says if I ask anything according to his will, it is done. You want to talk about a witness. Here is the problem in Christianity. We show them the words, but we don't show them the way. We, show, we tell them that you're supposed to pray, but they don't hear us pray. They come to a Pentecostal church, and they don't hear anybody speaking in tongues. Well, we don't want to scare anybody away. No, you scared them away by pretending to be a Pentecostal. Be a Pentecostal if you're a Pentecostal. And by the way, if anyone's listening to this message, we're all supposed to be Pentecostals. What's that mean? We're all, after we get saved, are to pursue God for the baptism in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues because that's then he gives us power to be witnesses of Jesus Christ. Ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and ye shall be witnesses unto me. 
The messages lately are telling you how to operate in the power of God. How to be a greater witness of Jesus Christ. Because let me tell you what's coming upon this nation. You're going to see some horrific acts occur on, on a broad scale across this nation. Coming soon to your local community. Sounds like an ad, doesn't it? And when these tragedies begin to occur, all born in the mind of Satan, all carried out by those who follow him, those who operate in the world, there'll be one thing that will stop it. And there'll be one thing that will hinder it. And there'll be one thing that will see victory over it. And it's the child of God who's not afraid to pray. It's the child of God who's not afraid to read a scripture or worship God publicly in your own closet, in your church, or wherever you go. It's time to let loose and let the liberty of the Spirit take over. I surrender all. We surrender part in owning under certain circumstances. We reason with our own mind. That when God is moving at certain times doesn't mean we're supposed to do anything. Say what the Holy Spirit says, but say it when and where and to whom you're supposed to say it. Sing it when the Holy Spirit moves you to sing it, where he wants you to sing it, to whom he wants you to sing it, how he wants you to sing it, and then watch God move. We have our two little ones over here, precious little ones. And both of them pray that the whole world hears the gospel. It won't hear the gospel from people who selectively minister it. Be a Christian all the time. Be a Christian 24-7. And if you've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, be a Pentecostal. Don't be afraid to open your mouth and speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. We've had people come in here and say, that's wrong. No, the only thing wrong is you didn't read your Bible or you read it and you didn't believe it. That's the only thing wrong. But you know what would have made a lot stronger statement? Not one person was speaking in tongues. Not... Two people were speaking in tongues, but all of a sudden as the Spirit fell upon the church, the whole church was speaking in tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. We're going back to Corinth 2,000 years ago and watching God move in a place, move so powerfully that all the gifts of the Spirit were in operation. And people came in and they heard these tongues and they gave their hearts and lives to Jesus because it's taking that which the church speaks and showing people the picture that it is real it is real thank God it is real Hallelujah. it is real thank God it is real the picture must match the words the picture has to match the words folks and you don't select when and where to whom he wants you to be a light in darkness that's taken the kingdom of God into the kingdom of the world. So when you go, shine some light. Don't go into that kingdom of the world without shining light. 
Don't purse them lips. But speak when the Holy Spirit speaks and let light flow from you so that life can be given to those walking in darkness. So your only reason to be in this world of darkness is to be a light. It's time we get to get into it. Amen? Amen. Amen. The altar's up here for you. You come on up to this altar and you speak this to Jesus. Reason with him and tell him, I'm willing to go forward. I'm going to be a Christian everywhere all the time. Amen.